0: Engine running. Lift off. We have a lift off. Hello, greetings, everyone. Um, Billy Garish here today. I have the distinct uh, pleasure and fortune to have the one and only Peter. What's your middle name?
1: Malcolm. Malcolm in the middle.
0: Malcolm in the middle. Lynch. What? Is Henry the same middle name? Same one. What about Emma? Same one. Malcolm! What's this Malcolm business? (laughs) Who's the Malcolm? What's with the Malcolm?
1: Malcolm all around it. My mom's maiden name.
0: Oh my God. It's a great tip of the hat to the mama,
1: right? She didn't want to lose it. She wanted to carry it on somehow. Yeah. And so she did.
0: Gail Malcolm.
1: That's right.
0: Yeah. Gail Malcolm, hailing from the. Cliffs of Dover, <laughs> the shores of England, right?
1: Uh, she's in London. Yeah. A little, little further up, but yes. Okay. UK.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah. The cliffs of Dover, where are they?
1: Uh, they are on the south shore.
0: Got it. Head wow. towards France. The south side, huh? near the tunnel.
1: That's right. They were taking it. I haven't, but it amazes me every time I think about it. Yeah. How
0: did they build it? If you're better at going, yeah, it's better. Um, this is the things I've learned in the 48 hours since I've had this podcast. <laughs> so this is the podcast number two. My brother-in-law's brother. We always try to figure out a term for that, right? It's not brother-in-law, but didn't we say? Yeah, it's going to be brother-in-law.
1: We looked it up. Uh, Shirt sleeve brothers. Huh. Is the technical term, but that's a little long to say, and I don't think anybody knows it. So. <laughs> brother-in-law. It's the best. Wise. The
0: best thing to do. What? I, I wonder, where do you get that? Where do they get that from? Shirt sleeve. Brothers,
1: that's
0: going to require another Google. Uh, we need to get a uh, need. We need one more. We need a researcher in here. Shirt sleeve brother, all right. Um, and so happens to be shirt sleeve brother Pete' birthday today, turning thirty-five or six.
1: Six, unfortunately.
0: Alrighty, but we we talked about the whole EOR syndrome yesterday on the phone you're like ah another year older another year closer to the grave or something <laughs> uh and i always view it as this and it's a more another more opportunities to have fun and, and learn and uh, sit across from people like you
1: glad to be here
0: amen brother so um of all your birthdays of all your birthdays um what do you think do you, do you have a memory of one that stands out Maybe the first one? Do you remember your first one? (laughs) Uh,
1: I've got a memory because my mom sent the picture recently. It's a picture of when I was probably two or three and I dumped a a bowl of cereal on my head and was uh, looking pretty gleeful with the bowl bowl of cereal dripping down my head. And, uh, I think that's got to be the representation of, of a good birthday, even if it, the picture wasn't exactly on my birthday. But <laughs> we'll say that it was. We're going we're gonna, we're gonna to say it was. <laughs> yeah, exactly right.
0: I mean, that t- talk about a birthday suit right there. <clears throat> Don't get much better than that. What are they, are they, were they Fruit Loops? Fruity Pebbles?
1: Cheerios, most likely.
0: Yeah. My mental image wanted uh, something with color.
1: No, I'll tell you what, Bill. I'll give you a better answer. Uh, back in the day, laser tag. Laser tag birthdays.
0: Oh my gosh. Laser tag. I don't know if I ever really went to a good one. I mean, you can go to, you can do, you can buy the ones online, or you know, go to the toy store and set set up your own laser thing. And it never really worked that well. You got to really go and buck up a little bit for a good laser experience. You sure do. Now it's like, sorry. Now it's like paintball. I love paintballing. I've never been. Paintballing. All right, let's go. Maybe your next birthday. It looks like a good weather day for paintball. Um, I went paintballing. I mean, uh, you might be on along the same page too because you're in education um, and like being with kids. (laughs) And I'm I'm never going to like go and like by myself to like a paintball league and like be a walk-on and and join some like D-Day recreation or something like that. Um, But I sure as hell We'll we'll take a, a busload or a van full of kids in paintball and paintball with them, <laughs> and basically have them pay f- for me to paintball. <laughs> if that makes sense.
1: It sure does. But paintballs can hurt. Can can uh, can students handle that? We, yeah. we got paintball guns for Christmas one year, and we would shoot each other up in the backyard, and then that- that, could, that, could...
0: that Leaves a mark, huh? <laughs> That's gonna leave a mark, Tommy boy. <laughs> <It's insane. laughs> like a two by four to the face. Uh, I mean, yes, they. Uh, but you know, this, this generation—it's always about this generation. Everyone's got a problem with any of the current like generation isn't as tough as the one preceding it or whatever. This generation—it's good. Get a little welt, you know. Just don't take your—don't go shirtless. I wouldn't advise that.
1: Builds character.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, uh, and there's like the six, Then I don't know, now I'm thinking COVID, like a six foot roll. No, it's it's probably like a 20 foot roll. Like if they're from he, me to like, I don't know where, like that tree, you're not supposed to shoot them. And it's like, it's the, it's hard, tempting not to, <laughs> you know, like backpedal like five steps and then unload on the guy.
1: Are there referees out there?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And a lot, Some of it's like honor, you know, on your honor, honor system, um, because it's like, it's like playing, like anything that's really, really fun, you don't want to stop playing it, you know? I remember like playing dodgeball with the kids, <clears throat> and uh, I got like, hit, like grazed my arm. I'm like, I don't know if that hit me, and then everyone's looking at me like, oh yeah, 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 I gotta be honest, <laughs> I gotta set the example of honesty. <laughs> Can't preach honesty without being it, um, but it's like the hard you, lessons on the playground. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> life life lessons, huh? But um, it uh, you, you don't you don't want to uh, you don't want to go out I mean like I can get like get hit on the ankle. I'm like, I think I, I can survive a, a shot on the ankle. I only got a death shot. You know, it's not a head shot. And also, it's like when you're out, okay, you put your hands up in the air you got to walk, like, if you're on one side of the field, you got to walk across the thing to, like, the out zone. And um, it's so tempting to be, like, <laughs> Trigger finger. Talk about itchy trigger finger. Like, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. Another good life lessons found on the playground or the paintball court.
1: These are the problems that didn't show up at laser tag. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, it's all fun and games and, and the concentrated light beams until it's uh, little spheres full of paint, huh? <laughs> Ain't no joking. That's right. Did you see this? Who that is?
1: Anthony Hopkins.
0: Sir, Anthony. <laughs> um, so today's the Golden Globes.
1: You know, I haven't watched the Golden Globes or really many award shows in a very long time. And uh, I think that's a... It's part of the whole, uh, you know, you watch things on Netflix, on Amazon, on Hulu, and then you forget about the the common things that just show up on TV. I haven't seen one of those movies in, in a very long time. What are you looking forward to in the Golden Globe?
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, well, the thing about it is, <clears throat> the right now, the Golden Globes are tonight. There's five movies, best drama nominated, right? And um, two of them are Netflix,
1: mm.
0: you know? Now Netflix has got, gotten into Hulu, Hulu's gotten into all these stream services are gotten getting into the production. It's not just the, you know, the calling of content. Right. Um so two... I watched one of them. No, I didn't. <laughs> I watched one on Hulu. It's called uh Nomadland.
1: Oh goodness, what's that about?
0: Um Norm McDonald, I think her name is.
1: Not the comedian.
0: Is that a comedian's name?
1: Norm McDonald? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I Someone make. Uh, I'm trying to think of the actress's name. She uh, <clears throat> basically gets laid off, and uh, this is. I think it's set. It's like it's funny when you see movies that are like set like 10 years ago. You know what I'm saying? It's like yeah, I, I, I kind of remember like 2008. You know, like when was the crash? 2008. That's right. Yeah, the the crash happened. She got laid off. She worked at Amazon. She uh, uh basically lives out of a van now. Um, and she kinda like travels the west. Criss the west. She's like a nomad. Um Oh,
1: I have heard of this. Yeah,
0: it's good. It's a good movie. Um <laughs> it's kind of a point in it where like you know, like where's this uh going? It's I it kinda it kinda rings like a a documentary sort of. Sure. But then uh it gets me and it starts to <laughs> tug on the heartstrings a little bit. <laughs> you know? I guess the emotion, the drama comes in and, you know, goes from uh, documentation or whatever to like a,
1: a heart, heart story. The lack of a home and searching for a
0: home. Yeah. She almost becomes conditioned to the, the road is her home and uh, which is fine um, but then also it's like the thing with traveling it's like you never around someone long enough to really develop uh, a deep relationship mm-hmm. you know and uh, I think that was sort of the syndrome that she was living. Um I'm not going to say anything more. But uh there's uh something happens. Um Yeah, it's good. Uh but Anthony Hopkins is he he his film is called Father. Uh The Father. I haven't seen it yet. Um
1: It has Alzheimer's, right?
0: Uh in the movie. Yeah. Uh yeah, I don't I don't I don't really know the I'm like I'm just <laughs> scanning the article right now.
1: Seems like a difficult role to take on.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: A scary one too. Yeah. It's one of the worst conditions or diseases.
0: Yeah, it says in a particularly wrenching scene in The Father, a new film directed by French novelist Florian Zeller, Anthony Hopkins title character is disoriented with dementia, talking to a caregiver. He says When his mother is going to visit him and begins to cry repeatedly saying, I want my mommy. I want my mommy. Oh, goodness. Yeah. Talk about heartstrings, huh?
1: And he's such a good actor that he'll portray that perfectly. Yeah. And convincingly.
0: He Golden Globe nominated Royale. He's he's up for a best actor. He just turned 83 uh, on uh, New Year's Eve. How
1: old
0: is he? Eighty three. Eighty three. Yeah. The uh, another actor of his generation, and of his like standing, I would say, is um, Christopher Plummer. Are you familiar with him at all?
1: He was Sound of Music.
0: Sound of Music. Yep, yeah, exactly yeah. right. Baron. You
1: know, I've never seen a Sound of Music. Baron von
0: Trap. Uh, oh, really? Everything. Oh my gosh! I have it on DVD. I don't know if you swing that way still. <laughs> I've graduated out of the Betamax and vi- vi- just... To
1: well, I was just talking to, to two friends to about uh, back in college when you would you would float around to your friends' dorms and and ask if they had any good DVDs, yeah, like their favorite movies, and right? Bar the, it, it would be a total foreign concept to current students, I think. To yeah, most, to most people, really, and it wasn't that long ago.
0: Yeah, the idea of things things material instead of things ethereal, ethereal, ethereal or, ethereal, or un, un, immaterial. You know, now it's just like... The cloud. The cloud. The
1: Netflix, Amazon. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. Correct. No, no Blockbuster. W- were you a Potomac video guy or
0: a Blockbuster guy back in the day? Errols. <laughs> remember Errols? No, I don't remember Errols. <laughs> I think Errols was the, the, the precursor to uh, Blockbuster. Might have been the same company or something like that, and they just changed the name to Blockbuster. And they got and they got like maybe like acquired or something like that, or someone invested and changed the brand. But I, I used to love going to movie s- stores.
1: Oh, great, great Friday night tradition.
0: It's all right, the Lynch House.
1: Yeah, sometimes, yeah, having having a little dispute about what you're gonna get. Come on, time to go. I've got my movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Oh yeah, and then they had like the the swinging doors that lead to the adult films. Oh goodness! You remember that? Like, yeah. it's almost it was like swinging. I remember there was a shop in Bethesda. I forgot what it was called it was before Blockbuster, and they had swinging doors like you're walking into a saloon.
1: For sure. <laughs> and you peer I, in there
0: and see if you can see any covers.
1: I remember I must have been somewhere in the range from seventh grade to ninth grade, and I was I was checking out a movie. And a mother was at the counter, and the mother was having a vicious dispute with one of the Potomac video attendants Mm -hmm. about just that room. And it it has stuck out in my mind because they were both so forthright and determined. She saying the room shouldn't be there, Mm -hmm. and the guy saying that, well, you know, (laughs)
0: <laughs> I'm not going anywhere. <laughs> Money talks.
1: <laughs> well, I, I think he was going down sort of like a, a free speech of, or something. Yeah. I, I just remember the determination in both of them as I was, you know, trying to check out the Mighty Ducks or something <laughs> was uh, was interesting to see.
0: Yeah. Because you didn't... Yeah. You, yeah.
1: Those, those sort of very in-public disputes might be a little bit more common today, but I think back then people... Didn't engage in that sort of thing as much, so that was sort of interesting.
0: It is interesting because uh,
1: it stuck out in my mind at least.
0: There's there there's not there's not as many platforms or or, you know there's no more blockbusters for disputes. (laughs) You know, there's less there's I I don't know if society has become less confrontational, you know, or more, Um, or maybe a better way to another way to look at it is. but maybe back i don't want to say oh the glory days back in the day but maybe a generation ago um people knew how to to uh, work diplomatically maybe better
1: mm.
0: like to have a, a conversation without having have to be uh confrontational and I, my argument would be just because there was you had to go to the, the hardware store get nailed you can't just order it you know you're staying at home you got to go to the blockbuster you had to go to the grocery store you couldn't order like peapot or whatever so it it would force you to be around people more and to be able to, to get along
1: absolutely i think the the idea that you're more entwined engaged with your community certainly is a guard against suddenly losing your cool and going wild over Mm -hmm. some idea to a person that you think you may never see again
0: yeah um, yeah it's just uh, it's a matter of you are what you do in a way you know Um, anyway uh, that's why uh, the old public house is uh, so important you know
1: yeah
0: Yeah. you go on down to the public house and family sits down and you know you have a pint or two and, uh, that's what the family does.
1: The, the public house, the pub on un- unbelievable tradition. There, there's a great documentary, uh, about Irish pubs that speaks to this. Uh, I'm not so sure it exists totally here in America, but the concept is, is wonderful.
0: Of the, of the public house. Yeah. What, explain that. What is that? It's like it's a, every corner has one or something.
1: Exactly. I, I was talking to my wife recently, and she lived in England for two years. And every Sunday they would go to a pub, get you know fish and chips, uh, couple, couple pints, spend a couple hours there in the afternoon, and call a day. And and I know from experience that you got dogs, dogs running around. You've got young people, <laughs> old people. But there's not really a the same typical American air of a wild bar scene. That's much more subdued, lending itself to that that idea that you gave about having a good conversation, mm-hmm. talking things out. Mm-hmm. And then I learned from that Irish pub documentary that back in the day, uh, the pub would serve as the post office, the bank, the the career center, uh, the place to settle disputes. To make yeah. deals on top of conversation, concerts, uh and all the rest. So mm-hmm. having a place like that absolutely helps, I think, in any community. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was like the pub was like the uh the Walmart now, right? the one stop shop.
1: Yes, yes.
0: That's ironic though, isn't it like <clears throat> uh now you go to Walmart and you get everything, right? <laughs> But, uh, back then you kind of go to the pub and get everything. Um, now it's just, yeah, I'm not quite sure where to go with that idea, but, uh, the, um, the, what was I going to say? Uh, I mean, everything's going to be more specialized now, the specialization of things, you know? Um, but anyway, making me thirsty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for a pine. <laughs> Coffee's good. But pine pine better a lot of time. Um so Amy your your wife she she lived in England. you said for a couple of years? For 2 years. Interesting. Yeah. Like uh by herself or with her, by her with her family?
1: No, by herself. That that would be uh I'm a, not... a trip at a young age. No, uh she was with her actually it's interesting her her dad worked for the same company as my grandfather or for um, sort of a strange twist of circumstances so they were there for two years I'd say so
0: that's cool um, and you when on your honeymoon you went over there to the UK correct Scotland
1: that was actually a. Trip. that was pre that was yeah that was a trip we took uh, must have been a year ago now during my spring break
0: yeah 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 for
1: for a honeymoon we had to go to Maine because of covid that was the the best covid option and it actually was an incredible time we put out feelers and we said where, where did you go for your honeymoon you know what's what's your honeymoon spot and i, I would say half a third of the people we asked said you got to go to Maine and i never thought that i would ha
0: huh. so interesting
1: yeah it was the first time we went to Maine loved it though great
0: interesting. place interesting um Augusta,
1: uh, Augustus,
0: Augusta, isn't that the capital?
1: I think you're right, actually. Yeah, we didn't go there, but I think you're right. Yeah, portable.
0: I don't know that. I mean, as oftentimes the, the back when the capitals were established, they weren't necessarily the biggest cities. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like Annapolis, it's not very big. It's very significant because it's a port city. Sure. But uh, but uh, I've never been to Maine. Um, but uh, I'd love to go. Oh, you'd like it, Bill? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that, yeah, it's uh, it's way up there. <laughs> you know, is it border on Canada?
1: It does in well, one of the British area, Columbia. Uh, what is the, no, I'm thinking Nova Scotia. Um, we were we were halfway uh, up Maine, um, and even then, you felt like you were at the end of the world but you still had half the state left before you hit Canada. Unreal. And it, it was, it felt like you were in another country. It was, it was so far removed from the mid-Atlantic in D.C.
0: Pretty, pretty sweet, you know, pretty, pretty unique. I mean, it, it just goes to show, like, the United States is, like. Enormous. Yeah, it's enormous, and it's, like, an amalgam of, it could be, Related to like a bunch of countries that all speak the same language. You know, every every state is like you know has a not. It has a, a lot of them have a pretty distinct culture and landscape, and it's all one country.
1: There's a tremendous uh, record, and it's sort of a, a joke, but it's it's called Maine stories, and it's an imitation of these two old sailors in Maine who have a very thick Maine. It's called a, a Down East Accent. Mm-hmm. And it is... And Down it East. Very dry, uh, very dry humor. And the accents are, are just remarkable. If you ever get the chance to look up a Maine accent, one of the best in America.
0: <laughs> so it's not... It's not Boston. Like Boston I mean, he's a coffee. It's got a, a little Boston. It's
1: got a little Boston to there. Boston. Not, but
0: not Boston. I understand. It's got... Yeah, it's, a, it's yeah. Maybe bo- bo- taking Boston accent to like an extreme or something, or a, f- a further iteration on the Boston accent.
1: Yes, and I would say there's there's even a couple of Boston accents. You you sort of have the the Southie Matt Damon departed Boston accent, um, you know, Back to Con, Have a But
0: then,
1: but then you also have the the sort of more. Old world, Lockjaw, um, Boston accent.
0: Uh, like, that, like, uh, like Ivy Tower, like, like, like Ivy League.
1: Very much so. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> and the main accent. Maybe there's a. I feel like there's elements of of both. Mm-hmm. Because it's not just the words; it's it's the cadence and how it all comes across. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's so interesting. <laughs> I, mean, I love accents. Yeah,
0: accents. huh? I mean, you do you do a fair amount of accents. <laughs> yeah, you're on the spot right now. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite accent?
1: Favorite accent? Oh my goodness. Um, there's so many. Normally they just sort of
0: come to me. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> they say that. Uh, I mean, Emma's younger than you, right? She is younger. They younger. say that like, like you know the Dugans, uh, Maddie Dugan is the youngest and he's he's like the youngest of six and he does a remarkable job on accents.
1: <laughs> it's a great skill.
0: Um because they say because he's like the youngest, he's just like been around it all, he's absorbed it all. He just kind of like witnessed and and watched and and yeah, absorbed and can can uh regurgitate.
1: That's interesting. I th- cuz before you even said that and brought up that example, I was thinking one idea, or one reason that people like accents, or that are good at accents, is because they all, they like listening to other people. I think you have to have an ear and an interest in what people are saying. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, good. Uh, like they like they like the sound of the voice, the sound of the accent, or what the, what, or they just like listening in general. All,
1: all They're good of the, listeners. All of the above. Yeah. I- it's a it's an ear for the sound and then also just uh you know you know taking enjoyment in the in the the sort of individual uh, sort of flair that that person brings to the brings to the table with their with their accent
0: yeah i understand so it's like substance and style it's sizzle and steak it's fashion and function <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if you're gonna say you might as well say it was pizzazz you know Um, and to be a good, to be a good listener is a kind of like an acquired ability. I would say it takes, it's hard. It's hard to be a good listener. You know, it's, it's, it's a a true, I think it's a true act of selflessness to be, to to really listen to what somebody else is saying. It's, I think it's a good sign of empathy or of love really. Um, and, uh, it's a great, great quality, I think. Um, and it's a great way to learn.
1: What's the great teacher saying? You have you have two ears and one mouth for a reason. That's correct.
0: That's right. Um, exactly right. So um, on the topic of Maine, sure. Um, tell me um about this flag we have here. Oh sure. I, I have I printed out a flag of the proposed new design of the American flag with 51 states, the 51st state potentially being the district of Columbia or the, the Douglas, Douglas something, Douglas Commonwealth. The proposed
1: name is the Washington Douglas Commonwealth in honor of Frederick Douglass. Who, cool. who ended his days in Washington, D.C.? Cool. And actually, I just learned that he had two sons that are from Washington, D.C., who went up to Massachusetts to serve in the 54th uh, Regiment, which was made famous in the movie Glory. Hmm.
0: That Glory is good. With uh, Morgan Freeman? That's right. Melly Gibson, I think. Den, Denzel, Denzel Washington. Washington. Yeah.
1: Matthew Broderick.
0: Yeah. That's in there. Yeah. I don't hear about him much anymore. But Maine, Girl, he, is, Maine you know, is a great... I'll bring up Maine because why?
1: Well, Maine's a great state to bring up in this discussion for several reasons. Uh, first of all, because Maine used to be a part of Massachusetts. So there's a lot of people that say, you know, how could the District of Columbia become a state? Why doesn't it just join Maryland? Why doesn't it just join Virginia? Um, it, there's not enough people there. It's not big enough. Uh, and if if we know anything about Maine, uh, there aren't that many people there either. And it used to be part of Massachusetts, and sure enough, they are a state. Um, and lately, I've been become interested in this uh, this issue um, for for many reasons. Um, but synthesized down to a simple statement, I think. Washington, D.C., becoming the 51st state is simply just the right thing to do. Uh, you have over 700,000 American citizens who, who don't have any voice in the halls of Congress, who don't take part fully in American democracy, and it's not right.
0: It's, uh, <clears throat> thank you, honey, buddy. My beautiful Fancy fiance, I call her Fancy because that's what she is. Just refilled us on some uh, hot cups of Joe. Brilliant. Yeah, i got to keep this thing going. Keep this train moving. Um. Now, <laughs>
1: the you know, the, other, keep the other argument that people have uh, that I think is, that is viable is that for a very long time, Washington, D.C., because of its history of welcoming escaped slaves, uh, is largely a, a black city. I think right now it, it, it hovers around being uh, 60, 60% uh, black and at, at many times it was uh, a much larger percentage than that um, and hypothetically if this was a city that was 80% uh, white and um, would, would there be as much a debate about statehood, and my thought is that there w- there would not be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is one of one of the issues around the concept that you've got over seven hundred thousand people in in the nation's capital, the the nation which is the uh, the leading light of democracies in the world, in world history, the capital of that country, its citizens cannot partake in that democracy. And so, um, hopefully, it's a a paradox. And right now, I think, uh, in an exciting way, we are closer to Washington DC statehood than the statehood movement has ever been, which is to, to me exciting. And I think, this is something that not only uh, Democrats in Washington, D.C. can get behind, but it's something that everybody could get behind because who who doesn't believe in Democratic representation <clears throat> in the country? And also, who wouldn't get excited about a new state?
0: <laughs> I always thought the 51st state was Long Island. <laughs> I think,
1: the- I, I think they think that in Long Island. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, up there, they got, already got their flags made with 51 stars. <laughs> I think I played like a against the lacrosse team. They call themselves the 51st State. I wonder how they push pushed towards statehoods going. Probably not as close as DC is. Um, people, some opponents would say that it's it's a it's a purely political <clears throat> move here. Um, it would be two Senate seats. Um, how many? They don't have any representation in the House or the Senate, correct? They just have a what do they call it? or um, we have a Eleanor Norton, Holmes.
1: Eleanor Holmes Norton. Uh, who who is a a fascinating woman, and to to put things historically in perspective, she helped organize the March on Washington huh. when she was working for the Student non non-violent, nonviolent Coordinating Committee SNCC. Mm-hmm. So she's a remarkable woman, and she is a non-voting. Uh, Delegate to the House So she can suggest She can work with other Congress members But she has no actual vote
0: You're Right What's her title? Do you know?
1: Uh, good question I, I believe she is referred to I, She is referred to as A Congresswoman uh, A delegate Representative mm-hmm.
0: But she's not She's not a member of the House of Representatives
1: uh, She is But she does not have She can't vote She doesn't have a vote on any bills So no one No uh, one is voting based off of what the people in Congress, in the House or the Senate, no one is voting based off of what citizens in Washington, D.C. would like, would advocate for. And -hmm. that's on issues of going to war, that's on issues of education, of health, of taxes, Mm -hmm. you know, you name it, up and down the board, Washington, D.C. residents have no say in any of that.
0: It's bizarre. Um, but but people, but the opponents would say that you're gonna get there. There will be two more Senate seats. There'll be I don't know how many in the House. Sure. Um, uh, and uh, those would go blue. they would probably go Democratic, right?
1: So I have, I had this conversation.
0: And and in the past, hold on, let me sorry. Yeah. And in the past, like you, when states were added, they'd add a, a red and a blue state. You know what I'm saying? So they would add two, not one. You know, so it's not a so it doesn't tip anything politically.
1: Those compromises have happened in the past, sure. Uh, in response to the idea that this is a power play by the Democrats to to load up the Senate with more Democratic senators, um, I think the answer there is that uh, representation isn't contingent on your political party. And so I believe there, of the political makeup in Washington, D.C., Republicans make up about 20%. Um, So it's those 20% of Republican voters in D.C. that are also denied representation. And I have no doubt that if Washington, D.C., and when Washington, D.C. becomes a state that there will be an increased political energy and attention paid to the voters of DC and you know let let republicans come in and enter the marketplace of ideas and advocate for their point of views and if they feel that they can raise up the standard of life for Washington DC residents you know i think Washington DC residents will will listen and uh Take that into account and vote accordingly. So it's it's not as if there are two Democratic senators in perpetuity.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: it's you enter you enter the game. Yeah, and and anybody is able to advocate for their ideas and run for office. And you know that there are over seven hundred thousand people in D.C. now. I think even just ten years ago there were. You know, six hundred thousand, maybe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um, the city is growing. The city mm-hmm. is changing, and mm-hmm. um,
0: in, in good, really good ways.
1: Yeah, in good ways. Uh, and and I think too that you've probably got a, a good section of Democratic voters that would be uh, open to listening to the ideas of Republican politicians that came in if they had viable and presentable ideas. So. Um, When people say this is just a this is just a power grab, the Democrats just want more senators. You know, in the short term, of course, I don't think any Democratic voter or senator is thinking that's going to be a bad thing. But at the same time, um, that that's not a that's not a pre. You know, when Alaska became a state, when Hawaii became a state, when New Mexico became a state, no one sort of. Did a poll of where people stood politically and said, "Well, if you're this party or that party, you're in or you're out." Hundred
0: mm-hmm. <clears> percent. <throat> um, Pre-COVID, um, I feel like the turnover of air. air What's it called? Uh, not gentrification, uh, but re, what do they call a revitalization of the city? What is that called? There's a term for that. Um,
1: what? Oh. Air, air, air,
0: regardless whatever the term is um it seemed like pockets or boroughs or what areas of washington dc like every year there's another one like popping up that money was put into or like they say you follow the gay population that's the next like hot sort of market for real estate and stuff like that um the city was popping it was hot right um covid hit still hitting people are like we're moving now the potomac uh, Chevy Chase, the housing market is insane right now. Um, my property value, my house has gone up. I think purely because of the demand for homes outside of the city. Because of the um, the concerns of being on top of people, the proximity of people, people with people, and the, this thing is COVID, and who knows what's down the pipe. But um, I lament um, the city, uh, the city life. You know, you've always been a city boy. Right in DC, um, and it's like goes all the way back to the Greek days of like the forum, or like you know, going down to uh the, the polis into the middle of the city and, and exchanging of ideas. One of my all time heroes is Socrates, is the gadfly, right? Just ask questions and questions and questions. All I know is that I do not know, this is one of his famous lines. Um, but uh,
1: so modest,
0: <laughs> it's uh. I don't know. It's uh, hopefully, like one of my, some of my friends are in commercial real estate. I'm like, dude, what the hell is going on with commercial? Who wants to buy office space now? Hopefully, it comes back. I guess you know.
1: You don't even have to go too far into the city. Have you been down around the Pavilion and Mazda Gallery? It is a ghost town. Mm-hmm. In ter- there's so many stores that yeah. have gone and are going. Uh, it's it's a spooky look.
0: It's a spooky look. It's like you want you want. There's like gonna be tumbleweed that comes and blows across the scene from out of a western or something. Yeah. Um, I hope it comes back. I know you hope it comes back. Uh, we well, just got to get through this weird COVID time. For sure. Hopefully, spring life springs eternal.
1: I think DC is a special city because no matter what, on some level, there's gonna be vitality here yeah. just because the federal government is here yeah, 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 yeah. there's so much surrounding it Yeah, and I you know in some ways I think some of these vacant places uh, you know where people were, were normally in offices or doing retail you've got some opportunities you know going back to the paintball instead of you know how about the 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 pavilion paintball arena. I mean, some experiential yeah. paintball is sort of a silly idea, but you, you've got the opportunity for some more experiential um, opportunities and spaces and things that you could do in these places that aren't the typical uh, brick-and-mortar retail or yeah. office space. Yeah. But, it's know. a rethinking. A- absolutely. A reimagining.
0: Right. I um, mean, there's nothing better than the ingenuity of the human spirit. Um, and you, right. s- you see dozen down a dozen like a lot of 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 um manifestations of it through covid how people how small businesses have like adapted it to 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 somehow stay afloat you know the the you are it's it's survival it's almost a survival mechanism clicks in in people and uh they come up with great um inventions ideas concepts that otherwise might not have been wrought
1: absolutely and and actually, something just came to mind. I was reading. Uh, I'm in the middle of reading an encyclical from the Pope. I don't often do that, but mm-hmm. uh, this one is on brotherhood. And one of the points that the Pope makes is that humanity needs to shift towards uh, a concept of healing and helping and repairing. And there's no shortage of people and uh, needs for 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 that sort of area of helping, healing, repairing. Uh, so I wonder if you could shift in some of these places a way to, to give back or to allow some of these spaces to become spots where that can go on mm-hmm. in terms of whether you need, uh, whether it's job training or whether it's uh, charitable groups or, Going back to your idea of the pub and community places where people can come together and and uh, meet and so on and so forth. Um, I haven't exactly fleshed out that idea, but uh, mm-hmm. there's going to be a, a great need for that. And you know, some some what are, what a confluence of uh, of events when you have sort of the clearing out of physical workspaces. But then on the same time, you've got people that are desperately in need in all different sorts of ways. Um, so.
0: Yeah, I agree. Good opportunity. Amen. Amen. Um, so we probably have maybe five minutes. Something like that. You're going to get kicked out. We got, we got a, a girl.
1: We'll, we'll make it a good five. I I could do this all day. I could
0: do this all day. It's, it's a lot of fun. Oh, I, I like the sound of, of my... I like hearing the sound of my voice, too. <laughs> I think I sound better on, on a mic than I do in real life.
1: I was, I was a little nervous about that, but I've, I've been yeah. oddly comforted. Yeah. It, it is kind of comforting. It, it isn't as bad as I thought it might have been.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, you are um, like a life... You say a lifelong Democrat?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, why?
1: Well... I think it probably goes back to the values um, expressed best by uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt. And I won't quote them exactly, but it's the sense that we have a duty to one another. Yeah. It's a sense that we have, um, we live in a country that is a union, it's a community, we are bound to one another. And if politics can reflect that, um, they ought to. Uh, you know, I I got into politics, I think, in 2008, yeah. um, when when Obama came onto the scene, and I had just read his book, The Audacity of Hope. Yeah, and he spoke so much to those values that that you know they seem cliche and antiquated now, but at the time they were a breath of fresh air. The idea that we are not we're not blue and red Americans. We are all Americans. And that idea of Kennedy, you know, that you're called to serve this country. Mm-hmm. Uh, ask not what you can, uh, what the country can do for you. Ask what, what you can do for, for your country. And that inspired a generation. And I think in the same way, Obama tapped into to both that, that spirit of FDR and that spirit of Kennedy. And, and carried it forward, and, and I believe that. So I think that's yeah. the, at the core of, of democratic politics it is that sense, and that's why I don't you know love everything about the party, but that is that's why.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I I I agree. Um, the uh, from the other side, from the Republican standpoint, I would call myself more more right than left. Um. It's not like they want to, you know, uh, abolish welfare and stuff like that. I think that there's the right still believes that people need assistance and the idea of of coming together and one and everyone helping everyone. <clears throat> but I would think that they, you tell me if I, if you view it differently, um, that, uh, the the uh, the conservative would be more conservative with. How much help is distributed to pe- to people um they would just they would do it le- they do they would err on the side of doing it less than more as versus um the democratic or liberal philosophy do you agree
1: i do <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah anyway um yeah which which i think underscores i mean faith in the individual, faith in the individual, um, uh, thinking that the individual can get it done, um, on, let's say, let's just take a monetary example on $5 instead of $10. You know what I'm saying? Not to take away from their spirit, but we can, we can leave this open ended.
1: (laughs) i I think we. Keep, how much time do we have? I don't know. A minute. Mm. Well, I, I think the Republican Party's got a real um, a real task on its hand right now, deciding. You know, because the, the Republican Party of, of you know your father's Republican Party. hmm You there's you know I'm looking at a picture of Reagan right now. Uh, that's that may not be that is not the same as, as I think. Uh, some of the Republican ideas that are floating around now. Yeah. Um, and so I feel for uh, Republicans that feel like they're drifting and that they don't have their traditional party to attach to. Mm-hmm. And I think, too, that America does need strong, viable parties to be successful. And I don't know that the current Republican Party that supports some of the things that we saw on January 6th, or, or and can't bring itself to condemn what happened on January 6th. Um, I think, uh, there's, there's a lot of soul searching to be done and it's going to be interesting at, at the very least to see how it all plays out. Mm-hmm.
0: Amen. Uh, I, I, you had the last word, as as you should, birthday boy. <laughs> um, thanks a lot.
1: This has been a uh, a great birthday present. I want to do this again. This is awesome, Bill, and I wish Thank you the you. best of luck on Thank your you so on podcast. It's a great idea.
0: Thank you so much. Um, and uh, keep educating the youth. High school teach at Blair High School. I'm um, telling
1: you, Blair. Sometimes they're educating me. These kids are. Yeah. They're on it. Uh, amen. It's, Give uh, you a lot of hope for, for the future. You know, all the problems we we might be talking about, but sometimes these kids, you know, will. Will surprise you, and, and you'll uh, you'll start to feel pretty good about inspiring. where things
0: are going. Amen. Well, thank you. Yes, indeed. All signing off.